0: okay, well, this is where you come to get all things on how to buy your first home. And right from the start, I realized from all the responses that I got that lots of people were clamoring for this information. Well, it turns out that I vastly underestimated the need for this information. I'm talking in a massive way. A recent survey from Zillow showed that 90% of Americans know how many children Kim Kardashian has But fewer than 33% know how to get pre-approved for a mortgage. Holy crap. Let's talk about this. What is up, my how to buy a homies? Not your IQ, according to the survey. (laughs) Yeah, there was a recent survey that came out brought to you by our friends at Zillow that said that nearly 90% of the United States adults know that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West have four children, and about 70% of the United States adults knew about the reunification of Benefer. But Only 33% of adults know the benefits of getting a pre-approval for a mortgage. So I want to start today's episode with some of these depressing stats that came from the survey. And then instead of complaining about it or making fun of you misinformed millennials and Gen Z people, because you know I don't feel that, I'm going to get on the proactive side of this. I'm going to do something novel. I'm actually going to help you, since it is totally not your fault that no one told you about this stuff. First, some fun, and then we'll get into a current market update. So if you happen to be one of the people that answers the phone when someone calls and asks you this survey, please, you know the answer to these questions. Okay, fun time. Here's some more of the not-so-greatest hits from the recent What People Know About Housing survey. The majority of the survey respondents believe that just getting a pre-approval actually locked in your lower rates. This is absolutely not true. It's the first step that you do to get a pre-approval, but locking into them doesn't mean that you lock into a lower rate, and it doesn't even mean that you lock your rate. Each bank and each lender, they've got different rules on how those locks work. And I'm getting a lot of people that will reach out to me and ask me one quick question and want the answer. And we'll talk more about the quick answer expectation epidemic that I'm seeing at the end of the show. But this was just another example of people going, oh, I do this. I get that. Cool. That's all I have to do. (laughs) Not quite. Another one of the answers that was just highly disturbing was that most adults thought that PMI, also known as the private mortgage insurance, people thought it applied to every single transaction. And it actually only applies to transactions when you put less than 20% down. I spend most of my time on this podcast justifying and explaining that if you're savvy and smart and a financial baller, you can actually use PMI to utilize a low down payment, pay the PMI, and you're actually going to save money because you're only going to have that PMI temporarily, and you can do that instead of trying to save up the whole 20% while your rent is going through the roof and the market is appreciating. But apparently it turns out that not only did people not know that, but they didn't even realize when you did not have PMI. So that was a stunner. And then there was one that homeowners also had a lot of misinformation on cryptocurrency. (gasps) Color me shocked as well as the purpose of home appraisals and offering earnest money. Survey answers were low, low, low on that. The only factor that the respondents seemed to have a good grasp of when it came to things dealing with home ownership was credit scoring, with a majority understanding payment history is crucial to a good score. Awesome, that's great. I also have this comment on that. Duh, people doing the survey. It just blows my mind that they don't think about where you guys are coming from. Of course, adults who have been renting for a little while but haven't bought a house yet, of course they understand credit scores. Because credit scores are the things that they've already had to deal with in their years when they've been adulting. Whether you're renting a home or buying a car, you've had to deal with credit. And the other stuff is brand new to them. So instead of spending all your time doing a survey to figure out what these people don't know, how about spending some time putting out some content that makes sense to them so they can understand this? Come on, man. Help the people out. You know, and it's funny. I did actually even see a flaw. In the one thing that they said was good, I did see a flaw. Do you remember what it said? It said, the only factor respondents had a good grasp of was credit scoring with the majority understanding that payment history is crucial to a good score. Okay, now those longtime homies out there, what do you see that's wrong with that sentence? Or incomplete? You finding it? They said understanding that payment history is crucial to a good score. That's only one-fifth of the equation. Payment history is very important. It's one of the larger chunks of the credit pie. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not kidding right now, Google, how do they calculate my credit score? There's like 7,000 pie charts, and then you should print one up and stick it on your wall because payment history is one, but the other four factors are credit history, inquiries, balance usage, and credit mix. And of course, if you want to know how all that stuff works so you can do more than the average respondent does, go back and listen to all the credit episodes. There's a billion of them on the podcast. Okay, gang, so what do I like to do when I get depressing information about the generation getting ready to take over the world and they're just uninformed? I try to help. Well, no, I take that back. First, I blame the man and the system for not educating you. And then I bring in my proactive response to help you have more knowledge about the biggest financial decision you're ever going to make in your life. And hopefully you're going to know more about this than the Kardashian babies but not Star Wars. If you know more more about Star Wars and buying your house, that is perfectly acceptable. Okay, here's some summer 2022 market updates. This is stuff so that if you do answer the phone for the survey, you can be in the know. Since I just spent that time kind of ragging on those folks who didn't know the things in the survey, how about I start with some good news to make you all feel better about yourself or you want to be first-time home buyers? By the way, I'm not ragging at all. Ignorance is fine. It's not your fault. So, Let me give you some good news to start with, and then we'll get into all the facts and details. We're starting to see headlines right now about a cooling market. As I said in the last episode, you're also going to see cooling market or bad meaning or bad market. I see, I almost went into it right away. I was going to say, that's bad meaning bad, not bad meaning good, run DMC. What? So bad headlines are good for you, just like cooling headlines are good for you if you're a first time home buyer. And it's really great news for those of you who maybe are at that point where you're out there shopping for homes and you're getting crushed. And so right now you're listening to this in the fetal position with your headphones on, crawled up on the floor, and you're hoping that you can get some good news because it just feels impossible out there with unaffordable homes and the competitiveness that just makes it feel like you're going into battle. And you're having a damn hard time hearing me go on and on and on about my practical positivity. Well, I'm here with some promising news sellers are making price cuts in some areas and the bidding wars are starting to ease up a little bit. Now, of course, this is all relative, but that's a headline that actually has some truth behind it. Now, of course, if you keep searching like I do, real estate dork, then you're gonna find other reports saying that it's still stupid competitive out there, even though the inventory is rising. So who do you believe? Well, when it comes to figuring out who I believe, i've got one master data or data i love brett spiner he's fantastic data and facts those are my gods when it comes to real estate so let's take a look at some of that here's some things to give you hope if you're a first-time buyer there are five signs the housing market is starting to slow down there's a shift happening in the housing market after more than a year or two years actually of soaring demand Exploding home prices and increasing real estate sales have all been going nuts. Well, we're just starting to see now the market's starting to cool off. Taylor Marr, the chief economist at Redfin, said, quote, the housing market isn't crashing, but it's experiencing a hangover as it comes down from an unsustainable high. I didn't know housing market was such a drinker. Okay, let's continue on. Mortgage rates have increased more than two and a half percentage points. Actually, it's up to about three points right now. And lots of buyers, they're either bowing out or they're recalculating their price points and their maybe even their must-haves and some of the things that they're looking to buy because of these new numbers with the new mortgages. I mean, you could seriously, if you started doing your planning and thinking about it, you might have doubled the amount of interest that you're paying. Three points from March to today. And I've seen this firsthand all over the country. I have lots of listeners and unicorns reporting in that As a result of these changes in the mortgage rates, there have been people bowing out or recalculating or figuring something else out. And one of the things we've seen as a result of that is the year-over-year sales, they have been dropping in recent months. Keep in mind, they've been dropping, but they were freaky going up before that. So cooling and slowing down doesn't mean gigantic drop. It just means going back to normal. In a Fannie Mae survey, damn, another survey, in a survey on home buyer sentiment, a record 79% of respondents, based on the crazy changes in the mortgage rates and the unaffordability of homes, 79% said it was a bad time to buy a home. And they didn't mean bad meaning good, they meant bad meaning bad. Um, personally, you know, I don't agree with the sentiment of the 79% of the would-be first-time home buyers. And my reasons are based more on on my masters, my gods, data and facts. Most people right now who are answering the survey are answering that based on emotions. And all of my data and facts are in the recent episodes. If you're brand new to the show, listen to this one and then just start going backwards. But when other people out there get scared of these headlines and they bow out, here's the good news with that. That's a less competitive market for you. And that is a good thing. That's a good thing, even though the headlines all say it's bad. Okay, so let's get into it with more facts and data. While the market is still very, very strong by historical standards, here are five reasons to believe the tide is turning. It's cooling down. Things are slowing. Number one, the inventory of homes for sale is growing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How long have we been waiting for this? inventory you've been hearing me talk about it so much on the podcast you probably want to punch me in the face inventory has been lower than drake's recent song downloads now that's for you and i guess that's also kind of for drake and probably canada too but in may the inventory started moving in a recent direction and the most recent week that we saw active activities they're up 13 percent from last year so that's pretty cool Danielle Hale, the chief economist at Realtor.com said this, quote, seeing the number of homes increases, great news for buyers. It shifts the trend and they're seeing more homes. It should help balance the market, slowing down the home price growth and increasing the time on the market unquote we'll talk more about time in the market a little bit later that's a good stat for you Hale also said this quote in addition to the high cost pushing prospective buyers out of the market part of the reason there are more listings is that more homeowners are deciding to sell more new listings enter the market in may than any other month since june 2019 and that was according to her in realtor.com and hale continued one more time i'm going to keep quoting her because she did the article price growth is going to slow but i expect prices to stay high if home sellers can't get the price they want they're not likely to put it on the market unquote number two of the five reasons why the tide is turning more price cuts now don't get crazy this is not black friday or amazon prime day all right even though amazon prime day never seems like a deal does it never anyway more price cuts it's a good sign if you've been looking at homes, you might be noticing something that you haven't seen in a long time, and that's a home listed at one price and then whoosh, reducing down to another. For a while, homes were selling so quickly, and with bidding wars, the sellers would get way over list price. I mean, sometimes way over list price. But as affordability changes and we're squeezing out the buyers, there's less competition to buy. So some sellers are deciding to lower their price so they can get that competition. Now, it doesn't mean that you're gonna get a screaming deal all the time because a lot of the sellers who are reducing their price well they're actually you know were flexing originally and listed their homes way too high in the first place because they saw what the other homes were selling for and they got greedy but in general we can still look at this stat and see it's a good time the actual data shows that price cuts were seen in 10.5 percent of homes in may one in every 10 that's a dang good deal and that is up from 6.2 percent back in may of 2021 now that doesn't mean that there's a liquidation sale on houses okay so our gal danielle said hey that's great the price reductions is higher now but it's still lower than it has been since 2017 so you know it's a less competitive year than last year which was you know nutso but it's still pretty darn competitive okay number three For the tide turning, real estate companies are laying people off. Now, I'm not going to get into this a big one. This is a weird one since, you know, what freaks me out is that we're still on pace to sell almost the same number of homes as we did last year. But once again, this is another symptom of why the myopic real estate industry is only focusing on sellers and how when the sellers aren't banging things out at the top of the market, suddenly real estate companies start to get in trouble. It's been a sick seller's market for the last couple of years, and so the real estate company started adding people and getting all greedy and excited, basically trying to get when the getting was good. And now that we're slowing down to normal, Redfin cut by 8%, Compass reduced by 10 to 25%, depending on which report you actually believe, and Open Door cut 25%. So not sure exactly what that means, but it probably is a sign that the sellers aren't going to rule the world for another 12 to 18 months, right? Number four in the signs mortgage applications are down as mortgage rates have spiked. Would-be homebuyers out there, they're applying for fewer loans. And the week ending June 10th, mortgage purchase applications were down 16% from a year ago. And that's according to our friends at MBA, the Mortgage Banker Association. And number five, fewer people are shopping for homes. Prices going up, mortgage rates going up. So fewer people are out there trying to get homes. An index from Redfin, which shows the request for home tours through them, it was down 14%. And that was the ninth consecutive decline in that index. And there are other reports that show foot traffic, people visiting the homes, is down 24%. Right, now, this could be a temporary change because it feels like June and July, there was a lot of stuff that slammed at everybody regarding the economy and inflation and the Fed raising rates, and it happened all at once. And also, that was the exact same time that every buyer had to start doing some major recalculation because the rates, they went from 3 to 6% just this year in 2022. And eventually, prices are going to stabilize more. And then the buyers who remain in the game right now, they're going to have a little bit of time without prices going through the roof and looking at their monthly payment change by hundreds or even thousands of dollars because their rate went from 3 to 6%. When we get into August and September of this year, everyone who's shopping for a home will have already adjusted to understanding that their rate's going to be 6% range. So that's one article with some pretty solid facts backing up the opinion that, housing is slowing down and that's five different ways that it said it but what else are people saying i mean is the boom over are we going to crash or is this going to be a correction one thing that everyone needs to remember is no matter who you listen to this is all relative the past two years are record-breaking in nearly every way so there really is nowhere to go but into a slowdown we had record low mortgage rates in 2021 And we also had at the same time, as far as the population goes, a bunch of millennials were reaching their home buying years at that age. And all of that led to a huge demand from buyers. Now, at the same time that that giant demand came up, it was the cheapest it could ever be to buy a home. And there were a bunch of people that were at the right age to buy a home. And everyone started going out there, but inventory was crazy low. So smash that all together and you get a crazy market gumbo. But it cannot stay hot forever. And we're starting to see it. So most people are saying, again, correction, slow down, not a crash. If you take a look at the showing time index, that's one of the folks that checks out how many people are making appointments to see homes, showing time. Their traffic shows that according to agents and brokers, that this is where we are with buyer demand. Look at this data that goes all the way back to 2019. It gives you a good baseline. Now, the baseline are all those numbers in gray right there. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to me, you got to go to YouTube and look at it to find all these graphs. But picture a graph that has gray kind of normal, blue kind of high, and then green going down. You with me? Cool. So those gray numbers right there, that's the baseline. That's 2019. And then it shows the skyrocketing prices going through the pandemic in the blue. And while the current buyer demand, which is there in the green, is moderately slow, take a look. It's still way above our baseline 2019 levels. And since 2019 was such a strong year for the housing market, this helps to show that where we are right now, the market isn't crashing. We're mimicking another strong time. It's just a turning point and it's moving back towards those pre-pandemic regular levels. Something else that's happening is the headlines are also talking about how existing home sales, they're declining, right? But the perspective on how they're declining, that actually matters. So we're going to take a look at the existing home sales once again, all the way back to 2019. On the graph, you see 2019, same story. They're there in gray, then the blue blowing up numbers. Those are the pandemic, skyrocketing and now we get the green now that's where we are in april 2022 but all the headlines say oh the market's slowing down the number of homes being sold is less yeah but it's still more than the gray which was a very strong 2019 market so it's very important that when you're comparing today to the abnormal pandemic years that you're not comparing to those But you actually need to understand that this recent data is better compared to the 2019. So if all this recent data and the headlines are shaping your thoughts and opinion, look at a more typical year when you're comparing today's data to help you with your perspective. The current market is not set for a crash or a correction. It's just a turning point into those pre-pandemic levels. So in general, nothing in the recent market can be summed up in general. How's that? It's all relative. And to say that we've been experiencing a relatively normal market would be saying that, like, Tom Brady is a relatively good quarterback. Or that John Mullaney is relatively funny. Or that tween-age Disney Channel shows are relatively annoying. No, it's all relative. Since we love lists, here are the five reasons today's housing market is anything but normal. Number one, guess what? Mortgage rates again. <laughs> if you think about... You go back and you look over the decades, we've gone up slowly from 8% in the 70s to 12% in the 80s. And then from the 90s and 2000s and 2010s, we went from 8% to 6% to 4%. Think about that. That was 30 years of that. Well, over the last six months, we went from 3% to 6%. That ain't normal. And then number two, something that is abnormal, the home appreciation. According to Black Knight, which is a housing data and analytics company, the average home appreciation on a residential real estate price since 1995, it's been 4.1%. Okay, does anyone remember what I said 2021 was? Anyone remember? It was 19.5%. That's like almost five times, four and a half times more than the average. That's crazy. And in 2022, we've still been going up four, five, six, seven percent. So that's... 22, 23, 24, 25% over the last 18 months, that is going to put a big, giant skew in that 4.1 average appreciation since 1995. So that means we've got to hit a slowdown on a correction. Number three in the unusual market, the low inventory. Raise your hand right now if you're sick of me talking about low inventory. Okay, cool. Now drop your hand down real fast and smack yourself on the head. There. Why? Because this is important to understand. I want you to make sure you get this in your head. I don't get why the headlines are so freaked out about baby formula shortages for a few weeks. I mean, I get it. I love kids. I've got two myself, and that would have freaked me out at the time. But home supply has been a national disaster and a huge problem for over three years, if not going back all the way to 2010 and 11. But it never seems to get mentioned. The low inventory, it's affecting everything with housing. And the fact that we're 607% less inventory than we were in 2008 means that this is not a crash we, there's not enough supply to cover even a minuscule demand number four and why things are weird right now how long does it take to sell a home your days on market the days on market that's a stat that is an indication of how hot the market is it tells you how quickly homes are selling in 2019 before the pandemic according to fred which is not some dude Down the hall in my office, it's actually a respected leader in the gathering of economic data, especially when it comes to housing. It's the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. Why the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis is called Fred, I have no idea. But it's a great resource. The average days on market back in 2019, about 68 days. In 2022, and this goes all the way up to the summer, even with the big jump in mortgage interest rates, it's still at 40 days. And that is way, way lower than that if you're talking about entry-level homes, because that 40 days still includes a lot of the jumbo, larger homes. Around here, for me, it's about two days on the market still to today, and it's middle of June, 2022. And speaking of that, the fifth one is the number of offers per listing. We've never seen anything like this. In 2013, when I was working with a lot of first-time buyers back then too, I did see a lot of multiple offers and kind of learned how that whole process worked for the first time in my career in real estate. It was the first time I saw it that crazy. And so it started up again in 17, 18, 19, 2019, we had about 2.2 per home. That's how many offers there were on a home. Now, again, keep in mind, this also includes the bazillion dollar homes that only get one random weird offer. On the entry level, it's a lot higher than that. In 2022, we're looking at five offers per home. And again, that's way higher when you're talking about the entry level homes. It's more like 20. I have seen 20, 30, 40. I saw one that had, I think, 89 or 92 offers on it. So in a slowdown, not a crash, but a slowdown. This still means we're going to have five to ten offers. In fact, I just sold an entry-level home last week, early June here in 2022. I had nine offers in the first two days. Nine. And we ended up selling it to the highest bidder. Want to know what that was? $75,000 over list price. So, things are weird right now. (laughs) And it's not just in housing. Things are weird everywhere. Russia thing is jacking up the whole gas price thing, what the heck is that all about? The stock market has gone bare for the first time in forever. The Fed just raised interest rates three quarters of a point. They haven't done that since 1994. Inflation's the highest it's ever been in 40 years, and everyone's out there talking about a recession. Hell, you want to talk weird? Even beer manufacturers are having low inventory right now, claiming that the supply chain is making it harder to get brown glass. So that's got to be a big bummer for those of you who drink Modelo, Sam Adams, Red Stripe. Newcastle. Oh, speaking of that, I'm old. Drink. Haven't done that in a while. It's going to be a sober episode for you. I'm sorry about that, gang. So housing's in a very unusual spot and expecting it to crash, it's just not a wise move. Understanding the underlying principles of where we've recently been means that where we're going, even though it's going down, it's still above a normal level. So that creates just a bizarre forecast and a really difficult translation and trying to figure out what the headlines actually mean we had an unprecedented quick rise up but that damn low inventory i keep talking about it but it's important that likely means that we are not gonna crash but we're gonna correct searching for all these answers can be uber frustrating and i'm getting lots of listeners seeking quick answers to me because they're getting in a transaction and they're like hey should i buy this house i found out that it needed this thing to be fixed and that thing to be fixed should i ask for a credit or repair or should i pull out and so people are coming to me with these quick questions and they expect that I'm going to be able to just give them a quick little answer. It's what I call the expectation epidemic. And this is the way I want to think about it. The easiest way to get your answers is to read the instruction manual before you start building something and trying to put it together. You can find your instruction manual for buying a home at howtobuyahome.com. As a matter of fact, pretty soon we're going to have the how to buy a home first time Homebuyer starter kit. And that's going to be Everything you need at howtobuyahome.com. You got your link to the podcast, the YouTube channel, my Instagram, my TikTok, and tons of free content. And of course, you can always help others find their instruction manual by leaving me a review on Apple and don't forget, now on Spotify. Review me, please. Okay, so the expectation epidemic. You know, to prove my point that sometimes you have to, you can't just ask one question before you start a process. You actually need to try to get up as many answers found out before you get into the process. So to prove that point, I'm going to save that for another podcast and make you come back as I talk to you about the whole epidemic that I'm seeing for the expectations and quick answers. See, you got to read the whole manual before you start building it. So get to work, read that manual, educate yourself at howtobuyahome.com because guess what? You can do this.